Jesus fulfilled all 400 prophecies. So that's astronomical, uncountable odds. It's so incredible. There is no question about it that Messiah Jesus Christ came to earth as predicted in the Old Testament. And while he was on earth, he suffered on the cross, dying for your sins and my sins. Well, um, I guess uh, many of you, most of you know that uh, Pastor Tim's brother, Brett, is here visiting with us. And uh, how long are you going to be with us? Till he kicks you out. (laughs) Till Wednesday. And so uh, uh, Brett uh, was uh, leading the uh, Sunday school today. Gave gave his testimony, gave a good talk. Revealed family secrets about his brother, Pastor Tim. So you'll have to ask. If you weren't here, you'll have to ask what that's all about. Also, our dear... Sister Amanda's flying tomorrow home, and she's going to be gone for a few weeks, so please pray for her safety uh, with the snow and all that. You know, pray that God would get her there safely, that she'd be a blessing to her family and safely back here. All right. Why don't we play a little game? Huh? We don't often do this. I'd like to play a little game with you called Name That Baby. Okay? Name That Baby. All right, our first contestant. Put, put the first picture up. Okay. Any, any idea? <laughs> it's not Mrs. White. She grows up to be Queen Elizabeth. That's the queen you're looking at. Okay. Isn't this a fun game? All right, you want another one? Yeah? All right. Put the next one up. Now, not, not the, the dad, but look at the baby. Just look at the baby. Name that baby. You ready? The answer? That little baby boy grows up to be Elon Musk. <laughs> How about that? Try one more. Try one more. How many have gotten uh, two for two so far? Uh, All right, try this one. Put the next one up. All right. Who is this little baby? How many many guessed that this... Who do you think? Oh, (laughs) that's Elvis. Yeah. So only uh, Brother Randall knows that because he went down to visit the king (laughs) in Graceland. So we must have seen that picture up on the wall, did you? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, that's Elvis. Now maybe if I had put up this next picture, you would have known. (laughs) Now that's just a joke. Uh, But name that baby. You look at a little baby and they're, they're precious and sweet, but they're just babies, right? you wouldn't have any clue uh, as to what the baby is going to become, uh, whether good or bad. 2,000 years ago, uh, a few people had the opportunity to hold Jesus in their arms when he was just a baby. 
But I pretty much guarantee you that most of the people who held Jesus had no idea what he would grow up to be. That this was the promised Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ. They didn't know that. They just thought, what a beautiful looking baby. And that's normal. Uh, we would have thought the same thing. Now it's Christmas time, and two Sundays ago, we asked the question, who is Jesus Christ? And the answer two weeks ago was, he is Almighty God, the Creator. And we showed that to you out of the Scriptures. If you missed that uh, message, you can go back online and you can watch it. And then last week on Sunday, we asked the question, who is Jesus Christ? We asked the same question. And last week, we got another answer. He is the promised Messiah who would come to deliver us from the power of sin and evil and save us from our sins. Now today, we are going to ask the same question. Who is Jesus Christ? And today, we shall see that Jesus is both a suffering servant and a conquering king. And it's very important that we understand these things. And so that's why we need to pause for prayer and ask God to help us understand. So let's do that now. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Our Heavenly Father, help us to understand the Scriptures. Please make the Bible come alive in our hearts today. We thank you for everyone that's gathered here and everyone who's watching online. Speak with our hearts, each and every one of us. Increase our faith in you, our love for you, our faithfulness. Make us more like Jesus. Help us now. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. All righty. Well, the very first clear picture of Jesus Christ uh, in the Bible is that of suffering Suffering Savior, suffering servant, but a Savior. He is the Lamb of God, really. The Old Testament picture of a suffering Savior is actually a familiar picture to many of us. We understand these, uh, these words of Scripture. But did you know that the very first prophecy, the very first promise of Jesus was that of a suffering Savior? And it's found back in Genesis chapter 3. And we looked at that. Um, last week, I believe it was, we looked at that Genesis chapter 3 where God said that the woman's seed, that was Messiah, would bruise the serpent's head, that's Satan. And that Satan would bruise the Messiah's heel. And all that happened on the cross of Calvary when Jesus died for our sins. All that came true. But after Genesis chapter 3, and as the years rolled on, more and more prophecies were given about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And one of the clearest is given to us right here in Isaiah 53. And I'd like you to open your Bible again now, please, to Isaiah chapter 53. Brother Howard was kind enough to lead us in a reading of the first six verses. And of course... Verse 6 is a very familiar verse to many of us. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. But the chapter doesn't end there, does it? 
Look at the rest of this amazing chapter. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he hath done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. And of course, this verse 9, this, this happened when he died and he, he bo- had a borrowed tomb, remember? Joseph of Arimathea says, well, you can put him in my tomb. That's the rich. He was a rich man. Verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. You see, that's how we get justified is by Jesus. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide a spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So this amazing chapter gives us one of the clearest pictures of the suffering Savior Jesus Christ. It is such an amazingly clear picture that I am told by Jewish people that when the the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, is read in Jewish synagogues, they'll they'll read through up to chapter 52 and they will jump over chapter 53 and start reading in chapter 54. They'll bypass chapter 53. Many years ago, I was listening to a Christian pastor tell us about when he was visiting Jerusalem many years prior to that. And when he was in Jerusalem, he met a Jewish man and started talking with the Jewish man about the Messiah. And the pastor opened his Bible and he said to the Jewish man, let me read something for you. And he read these 12 verses of Isaiah chapter 53 as the as he was standing in front of the Jewish man, he was, he was reading it. And he asked the Jewish man, what do you think about that passage? Right away, without hesitation, the Jewish man, he replied, he said, that is a reading out of your New Testament talking about your Jesus. And the pastor turned the Bible around and said, no. This is out of your Bible in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 53. The Jewish man was absolutely dumbfounded. The pastor made him a gift of his Bible. And he said, the last I saw of the Jewish man, he was walking away reading Isaiah 53. Isn't that something? An amazingly clear passage of the Savior here in Isaiah chapter 53. So, does the Bible have anything else to say about the suffering Savior More than just Isaiah 53? And the answer is a resounding yes. It has a lot to say. Um, Turn back a few pages, would you please, to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter number 7. I read this verse... At the beginning of the service, I'd like you to read it out loud with me, would you please? Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Read it now with me. 
Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God with us. That was fulfilled when Jesus was born. Mary was a virgin. She knew no man. It was God who did this miracle inside of her. And she was a virgin when she gave birth to the Savior. This has never happened ever before in earth's history. It will never happen ever again. This is the miracle of the virgin birth. But the prophecies don't stop there. Let me read for Micah chapter 5 verse 2. And by the way, uh, the Jews in Matthew 2, Matthew chapter 2, Herod went to the Jews and said, where is this Messiah to be born? They quoted Micah chapter 5 verse 2, which said Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. I'll read it for you. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Isn't that amazing? He was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem. Now you're still in Isaiah. Turn to the right to chapter 35. Let's look at another one. Here in chapter 35, it says that Jesus was going to open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. That's exactly what he did when he came to earth. Isaiah chapter 35 and verse number 5. You read it out loud with me, please. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Now, verse 6 goes on to say some more here, but I, I just want you to see that these are, are prophecies talking about what the coming Messiah was going to do. And they were fulfilled, every one of them. Another one, I'll read it for you, is in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. It says that Jesus would come into Jerusalem on a donkey. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Another prophecy is in Psalm 22, verse 16, that says that they would pierce Jesus' hands and feet. It says, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. That was written like a thousand years before Jesus came to earth. And another one in Psalm 16 says that Jesus would rise from the grave. Uh, verse 10, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. This verse is quoted in the New Testament as applying directly to Jesus Christ. Folks, there are something like 400 Old Testament prophecies about the coming Lord Jesus Christ. And a mathematician by the name of Peter Stoner calculated the odds of someone fulfilling just eight, not 400, but only eight, eight of the prophecies. He calculated it to be one in one quadrillion. Now, you know what a million is, and then you add another zero, and what do you get? 
Well, no, actually you add a few zeros. You, you get a billion, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. A million, a billion, what comes next? Trillion, and the next one is quadrillion. By the way, there is no zillion. If ever, boy, that's a zil, there's no zillion. There's a quadrillion, there's no zillion. But that's a lot. That's just for eight prophecies. What are the odds that anyone could fulfill eight of the 400 prophecies? One in one quadrillion. Jesus fulfilled all 400 prophecies. So that's astronomical, un uncountable odds. It's so incredible. There is no question about it that Messiah Jesus Christ came to earth as predicted in the Old Testament. And while he was on earth, he suffered on the cross, dying for your sins and my sins. I want to read for you 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you. Pause for a minute. That doesn't mean that as long as you remember it, you're saved. It doesn't, it's not saying that it's dependent upon your weak, human, fallible memory. It's talking about your lifestyle. It's more of a lifestyle. Some people will hear the gospel and they'll forget about it. They'll never think about it again. But saved people always know they're saved. They always know they're born again. They always know they have a debt to pay to Jesus Christ. Uh, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. That's Paul writing. He said, I received this myself. He said, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that is the basis of the gospel. The word gospel means good news. And the good news is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And based upon that, we can have our sins forgiven. We can have a home in heaven. We can be part of the family of God. And we can be made part and parcel of uh, the inheritance as well. There's all kinds of wonderful blessings. Theologians estimate that when a person becomes born again, 60, 65, 66 different things happen to them. Now, I haven't taken the time to calculate all that myself. I'll just take their word for it. But I do know a lot of things happen the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Wonderful good things. All right. So the very first clear picture of Christ is that of a suffering Savior. But, number two, the second very clear picture of Christ in the Bible is that of a coming, conquering King. He hasn't come back as a conquering King. He's come as the suffering Savior. And one day He'll come back as a conquering King. One day Jesus will come back to earth. He promised He would. He doesn't go around making promises he can't keep and he doesn't break his promises. He is coming back one day as a conquering king. Um, tell you what, you're in Isaiah. Let's go back to chapter 9, shall we? Let's look at this together. Isaiah chapter number 9. And we'll look at verse 6. Isaiah 9, 6. Would you read this out loud? Folks watching at home, would you read out loud with us? Together, all together, let's read. 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This coming King will be magnificent. That's what we learn from this one verse. This second picture of the coming King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5 says that the coming conquering King will be of the lineage of King David. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, capital B there, and a king, capital K, shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And Christ's lineage is absolutely directly from King David. In Numbers chapter 24, 17, it says this coming king will smite all his enemies. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. You know, this picture, this second picture of the the Lord Jesus, of the Messiah, is the picture the Jews of Jesus had in their mind of the Messiah. They they thought of their Messiah and expected Him to come and show up one day and free them from the yoke of Roman bondage. The Jews of Jesus' day were under the thumb of Rome. And Rome was dictating what they could and could not do and they did not like it. And they were looking for a Messiah that would come and free them from the tyranny of Roman oppression. Perhaps similar to how Moses showed up one day in Egypt and helped to free the Jews out of Egyptian bondage and slavery. And they were looking for the Messiah to do that. That was the picture they had in mind. Now, Jewish thoughts have changed over the centuries, but they always seem to believe that the Messiah will be a human being who will be some kind of world leader. They, they tend not to see the Messiah as a suffering Savior. It's like they don't see it. It's there and they don't see it. Nor do they believe the Messiah will be divine. They don't believe the Messiah is God in the flesh. They believe Him to be a, a human, a powerful human, but just a human. You say, why is that? Why is it that our dear Jewish friends don't see Jesus or their Messiah as a suffering Savior? Why is that? And the New Testament gives us an answer. It says in Romans 11.25, Blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. That hasn't happened yet. The fullness of the Gentiles hasn't happened yet. It'll happen in the tribulation, the coming tribulation time. It'll happen. But one day it will happen, and one day in the future, the Jewish people all over the world, it's like the blinders will lift, and they will see that their Messiah, Jesus Christ, 
came for them 2,000 years ago and has finally come back and they will gladly receive him. They will want him. They will cry out to him and they will want him. Now the question is, here we are today. Do we want him? Do we want this Jesus, this Messiah? In John chapter 1, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, that's a a reference to the Jewish people, and His own received Him not. But, as many as received Him, because many others did, many Gentiles did, Many Jews as well back then, but many Gentiles. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I want you to know that every person alive must choose what they will do with Jesus Christ. If they will receive him or reject him. Every person. There are not three or four, five, six ways to heaven. There's one way and only one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That means we we can't go through anyone else. No matter how nice or good they are, we can only go through one, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. I'll tell you a story and then we'll be done. And apparently this story happened in the early 1800s in a small town in western United States. A mother was picking up something at a local general store and her young boy was sitting outside the store in a wagon drawn by two horses. And while she was in the store across the street, out of the doors of a saloon, staggered this drunken man. And for some reason he drew his six-gun And started firing his gun in the air. And of course, the noise spooked the horses. And suddenly they started galloping out of town as fast as they could, terrified. And in the back, in the wagon, was a terrified little boy. The mother heard the commotion, came out and began to scream. A young law student saw what happened, jumped on a horse, I think his horse, and chased that wagon as fast as he could. He finally caught up with the wagon and was able to slow the horses to a stop before any accident happened. He literally saved the young boy's life. There was great rejoicing. Well, 20 years went by, and that young boy grew up to become a train robber and an outlaw, And one day he shot and killed a man and then he was caught. At his trial, the young man couldn't help looking at the judge and thinking this man looks familiar until he finally realized that this was the young law student that had saved his life so many years ago. After the jury brought down the verdict of guilty, the judge asked the young man if he had anything to say before sentencing. The young man stood to his feet and reminded the judge that he was the young boy that the judge had saved many years ago. And did he remember? And the judge, he well remembered the incident. 
But then he said these words, Young man, that was 20 years ago. Back then I was your Savior. Today I am your judge. And it grieves me to have to sentence you to be hanged for the crimes you have committed. Today Jesus Christ is still offering himself as Savior to the world. He suffered for our sins, for your sins and for my sins. He died on the cross of Calvary and he rose victorious over death three days later. Today, you and I have the chance to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and not to have to face him as judge one day. But the day will come when the door of opportunity will be closed. You say, how's that? Well, the cold hand of death will see to that. The Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We have no guarantee on tomorrow, do we? We might die in our sleep tonight. Tomorrow I'll receive Jesus. Tomorrow I'll repent of my sins. Tomorrow may not come for you or me. We have today. If you're here today or watching online and you've received Jesus Christ into your heart, there's a time and place in your life where you've done it. You know, when two people get married, they usually remember that they're married. They usually remember, oh yeah, we got married on this day, this place, this time. That's when we got married. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's a monumental event in your life. You'll not forget that. If there's a time in your life where you've repented of your sin, you've received Christ as your Savior, you're part of God's family. You will see Jesus one day in heaven. You will see him as Savior and not as judge. Oh, happy day. Hallelujah. But if you're here or watching online and you've never yet admitted to Jesus Christ that you are the sinner that he died for, that when he died on the cross, he had you in mind, and He died for you for your sins. He knows you by name. He knows the color of your hair. He knows your address. He knows your age to the very nanosecond. He knows everything there is to know about you. And He loves you. And He died for you. If you've never yet received Him, why not now? Why not today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.